You're listening to a message from Christian Life Ministries in Coventry, a dynamic, growing church in the heart of the nation. We pray that God will speak to you through this word and impact your life for His glory. It's my privilege today to share some things from the Word of God with you today. You know, today I, I got faith to believe that God can move mountains today. I've got faith to believe that God is going to change some circumstances and actually God's going to see us through some situations. Anyone here believe that, that God can do that? Yeah. And I've really got faith to believe that. I'm going to talk today about something which isn't going to be the easiest thing to sometimes hear, but I'm going to talk today about fighting your battles, fighting our battles in life. I don't know about you, but at times I feel like that there are moments, as me, even as a Christian, that I find myself in a battle that I didn't expect. You know, I find myself in battles sometimes and, you know, they are difficult, but it can happen. Now, when you read the Bible, there are clear um, stories of how faithful men and women of God, you know, served God, did amazing things for God, but they had to go through a bit of a battle. They had to go through some difficult situations. King David is an amazing example of that. You know, we experience troubles and difficult times in life. They will test us. But in the battles of life, church, we need to remember this. We have a God who is faithful. We have a God who is powerful. We have a God whose strength is more stronger than any other name. He is the name above names. And I believe today, like I said, I believe there's going to be some faith in this room today. So whatever situation that God is going to come through for you, that actually you can see it from a different perspective. You know, when we get a revelation of who God is, his character and who he is, we don't need to fear or be discouraged by the battles that we face. But actually, we understand that our Lord is almighty that actually we will get through it. So I'm going to read some verses now from Exodus 17. So if you've got a Bible, why don't you turn me to Exodus 17. And to give you a bit of a background to this, the Israelites have just been delivered from slavery in Egypt. And through the leadership of Moses, God has set them free. They've crossed over the Red Sea and they've seen their long-standing enemy, the Egyptians, washed away by the waters However, they now find themselves in the wilderness with no home, no real provision. provision. Even though God has provided for them in this place uh, with with regards to bringing manna down from heaven and quail from heaven and providing water, they find themselves in a place where they have no place to settle. God is moving them from place to place. So we join the Israelites here in chapter 17. I'm going to read the whole chapter. Now, the the part I'm going to focus on for this talk today is more on the battle that the Amalekites that they went through there but also I'm just going to read the whole chapter because it gives us a good context and a good background as to where Israel find themselves at the time so that's why I'm going to read the whole chapter so it will make sense as I go through so it says this from verse 1 the whole Israelite community set out from the desert of sin traveling from place to place as the Lord commanded they camped at Rephidim but there was no water for the people to drink so they quarreled with Moses and said give us water to drink Moses replied why do you quarrel with me Why do you put the Lord to the test? But the people were thirsty for water there, and they grumbled against Moses. They said, why did you bring us up out of Egypt to make us and our children and livestock die of thirst? Then Moses cried out to the Lord, what am I to do with these people? They are almost ready to stone me. The Lord answered Moses, go out in front of the people, take with you some of the elders of Israel, and take in your hand the staff with which you struck the Nile, and go. I will stand there before you by the rock at Horeb, strike the rock, and water will come out of it for the people to drink. So Moses did this in the sight of the elders of Israel, and he called the place Massa or Meribah, because the Israelites quarreled and because they tested the Lord, saying, is the Lord among us or not? The Amalekites came and attacked the Israelites at Rephidim. Moses said to Joshua, choose some of our men and go out to fight the Amalekites. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the staff of God in my hands. So Joshua 
fought the Amalekites as Moses had ordered, and Moses, Aaron, and Hur went to the top of the hill. As long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. When Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. Aaron and Hur held up his hands, one on one side, one on the other, so that his hands remained steady till sunset. That's a long time. So Joshua overcame the Amalekite army with the sword. Then the Lord said to Moses, write this on a scroll as something to be remembered and make sure that Joshua hears it because I will completely blot out the name of Amalek from under heaven. Moses built an altar and called it, the Lord is my banner. He said, because hands were lifted up against the throne of the Lord, the Lord will be at war against the Amalekites from generation to generation. And this is the word of the Lord. And we can say, thanks be to God. So a lot happening there. And in case you haven't already noticed, there's a, a phrase that comes out of there, which is going to be my title today, which is, the Lord is my banner. Why don't you say, the Lord is my banner? You see, in the Bible, we see different characters, especially in the Old Testament. God revealed himself to people at certain times, at certain stages of life, or certain stages of their journey, should I say. See, the Lord is my banner. It's one of the names of God that depicts the type of God that he is, that he is someone that you can rely upon in battle. I'm going to unpack that a little bit later. But another name, for example, that God has revealed to people in the Bible was Abraham, is Jehovah Jireh which means that the Lord will provide. So through a situation where God provided a sacrifice for Abraham at the right time, God revealed himself to be a provider. So God revealed himself to people. And here's the same situation, a similar situation. Moses is in a battle, and he's had a revelation that the Lord is his banner, that God is his banner when it comes to battle. And I want to say this, church, you know, and just to say in the Hebrew as well, the Lord is my banner is Jehovah Nissi. So that's the way that it would have been said in the original. You see, some things, I want to say this, church, some things are revealed to us, not only because we read them in the Word, although we do get revelation from the Word, or that God speaks to us in prayer, but sometimes God speaks to us through a situation. We go through something, and through that, we get a revelation of God. We get a revelation of what God is trying to say, or who he is, when we see his power come through for us in a difficult time. Has anyone ever been there before? And you've had a revelation that's going, you know what, God, I learned so much from that, I now know why I went through that. So what does it mean to know the Lord as your banner? Well, naturally, when you can think of the Lord being a banner, or when you think of a banner, naturally, you can think of maybe, you know, a 21st birthday, you know, with a, a banner going up on a party saying 21st birthday, you know, I'm 21, just in case you're wondering as well. So, unfortunately, I'm not, I'm, I'd add another 10 years on that. Actually, 11 years, okay, 11 years. <laughs> So yeah, you've probably worked out. I'm 32, okay. So yeah, that's what you can think of when you have a banner. Or at a wedding like we had yesterday, there were banners everywhere. I mean, I've never seen so many banners. I built lots of banners everywhere. But actually, it's the whole point is that we can sometimes associate a banner with uh, maybe celebration or something that, that's a good occasion. And that's great. You know, it's a good image. But back in the time of Moses, a banner had a very different meaning. You know, normally a banner was something that would be taken by an army into battle, and it would often be put on a flagpole, so it would be like a flag on a pole, and it would be hoisted high into the air. And in those days, your banner represented something in relation to the strength of your army. So if your banner was strong, you were seen as impenetrable. So you would look at the banner, and it would be recognized, that's a strong army. And normally, that is wrapped up in the strength of your king. So if, you're str if, you, if you had a strong king, you were a strong army, your banner would represent something that would be impenetrable. If people go, oh, I can see that, that banner is, is recognizable. I know what that means. Their king is strong. Therefore, that is a strong place. That is a strong army that we're up against. 
So your banner was really important to you. It meant a lot. It had a lot of strength in it. Also, a banner was a rallying point. In the battle, if you're fighting in a battle, you know, back in those days, they didn't have WhatsApp, where you could say, um, you know, get back to base. They didn't have Google Maps, say, this is how you get back to base. What did they look for when they wanted to run for cover? They had to look for the banner hoisted in the air. So if you're out in battle fighting or in a battle elsewhere, you think, I need to get back to a safe place. I'm weary, I'm tired, I'm in pain. You look for the banner. And you would run to that banner for safety. It was a rallying point for you to go to. And at this time, Israel are in the wilderness. They're in a place called Rephidim, which is a place without water. They're in a dry place. Yes, God has provided for them as we, as we read, but generally it's a dry place. They have no home. They're vulnerable for attack. And also morale is down. Moses is dealing with these grumbling Israelites. As any chance they get, they're complaining about him. They're asking him, why have you brought us here? You know? And it's not the greatest circumstances of all, really, when you think about it. And then, to top it all off, an enemy, the Amalekites, come and attack Israel. Have you ever felt like you're getting it from all angles? Yeah. Just like, if there's not one thing you've dealt with, then there's something else, and there's something else. If you, you think you've dealt with that, but then something else comes unexpectedly. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? Yeah. You know, you've ever been in a situation where you find yourself in a hopeless place, and it was just so unexpected? You're like, where did that come from? You know, you think you've dealt with the Egyptians of the past. You think you've, the Egyptians have been washed away. But then the next thing you know, a new enemy comes or something new comes, something, a different situation. You're in a different battle. And you're like, where did that come from? How did I find myself in this place? You know, today I'm going to be a little bit open with you. Um, I'm preaching today from recent experience. You know, the last two months have been a battle. I've had to go through a completely new battle that I never thought I would have to go through. Completely unexpected. It's probably, I would say, one of my toughest trials that I've ever been through. But church, I want to encourage you today. And I'm encouraging myself by saying this as well. The word of God encourages not only you guys, but the preacher as well. That's what the power of it is. It's for every one of us. What I want to say today is you don't need to fear the battle because Yahweh is your banner and he is your strength. He is going to see you through. And I believe there's a word here for someone. I believe there's some faith here going to be raised in this room today. To someone here, you're going to see your situation differently today. You're going to see it completely different. If Yahweh is your king, it doesn't matter how weak you feel or how bad the situation may be, he's going to see you through it. Because he's your king. He's your strength. He's going to equip you. He's going to get you through it. I'm not just saying this. I believe it as well, church. I believe it's what he can do because your king is the greatest king ever. Amen. We've been singing about King Jesus, you know, the resurrected king. You know, Jack did a great um, way of illustrating how Jesus rose from the dead. This is a different type of king. Yeah. This is a king that is impenetrable. That whenever the battle comes, whenever the attack comes, he overcomes. Yeah. And therefore you can trust he's got you. And in these situations, when we're up against it, you know, our response is so important. Our response in the battle is so key. You know, the way you respond, really, it tells you, or it tells yourself, and even can tell other people, it shows what it is that you really believe in. When you're experiencing a difficult situation, the way you respond says a lot about you, about your faith, about who you really believe in in the tough times, about what you hold on to as precious, about where you run for cover. You know, I want to ask you here, you know, do you run to the banner of God when it gets bad, or do you run elsewhere? Because a home base can look different for different people. 
You know, for us, we would like to say, yes, my home base is Yahweh. You know, I'd like to say that. But for some people, sometimes we struggle. Sometimes we lose focus of it. Sometimes a home base can be at the, bottle, at the bottom of a bottle of alcohol. Sometimes our home base can be to trust in certain people or go and get involved in certain activities that are not good for us. But church, what I love about this passage, what I love about this, and especially when we look at Moses, Moses is a great example of how to respond in the battle. In this passage, he, he responds in an amazing way. You know, he turned to God in his difficulties. He turned to God. He lifted up the banner of God. He lifted up God. He lifted up God in the situation. You know, banners are designed to be lifted up. They need to be lifted up. They're not, they're not designed to be on the floor. That's why they're up and then you can see them. They're designed to be lifted up. And Moses' response was to look to God. He lifted up the banner of God when the situation got tough and he trusted that God would come through. Now, if you're in a battle today, I want to encourage you today, let today be the start of you lifting up God. If you're not already doing it, then today be the start where you say, you know what, I'm going to start lifting up God over my situation. I'm going to start believing that God's going to see me through. And today I call you to have a different response. Reassess your response and have a different response today. So if we lift up the banner of God, well, what can we expect? Well, there are three things that I observe from this passage that I want to share with you that I think can equip us if you're in a battle today or if you maybe perceive you may be in a battle in some time in your life or if it happens later in life, that you can remember these words, remember this, and then they will equip you as you go on in your journey. And when you face tough times or trials, you'll be encouraged by what's been said today because God would have spoken to you. And this is uh, the first point. So firstly... God's banner changes our perspective. God's banner changes our perspective. You know, Moses' response here is amazing. When he learns that Israel is under attack, he puts together a plan, which in reality I don't think was a very good plan if you look at it at face value. Now, the first thing he says is to Joshua, Joshua, take some of your men and go and fight the Amalekites. Oh, that sounds okay. That sounds pretty good. You know, that makes sense. And then he says, oh, and I'm going to go stand on that hill with the staff of God in my hands away from the battle. Now, I, you know, I'd like to think at the time that I would have had the same faith as Joshua, who had just got on with it. It looks like Joshua just got on with it. He said, yeah, that sounds fine. But I, I might have asked Moses a few questions like, Moses, what, why, why can't I go on the hill? Why, why do I have to go in the battle? Moses, I want to I stand on the hill. Why don't you go and fight the Amalekites? You know, it doesn't make sense. You know, Moses... What is your strategy here? We need everyone on board. We've got no home base. We're being moved from place to place. Come on, Moses, help us out here. We need to fight them with all we've got. We need you. You're our leader. You need to lead us from the front. Surely, Moses, this has got to be the plan. What are you doing? You've been drinking too much of the water from the rock. You've, you've had too much manna and too much quail. Come on, Moses, get it some perspective here. But actually, I think Moses gets the right perspective. I'll explain to you. You see, sometimes when we're fighting issues in our lives, we get so overwhelmed and engrossed with the battle of being in the trenches of what's in front of us that we miss the vision of what God can actually do. It happens sometimes. You know, just to illustrate, you know, sometimes we're in the trenches, we're down on the ground, we take the low ground, we're fighting whatever's in front of us, we're dealing with whatever's in front of us, and I get it, you have to be active in your faith, but there are times when you need to look from a different perspective. You need to take the high ground, church, sometimes. You need to see things from where God sees them. You know, sometimes being in the battle, it can overwhelm you. Sometimes what the battle does, it actually shrinks you because all you can see is fighting. All you can see is trial. All you can see is difficulty. And we never come out away from the trenches and actually say, well, actually, what can God do? Yeah. What is God going to do? Sometimes we get so engrossed in the battle that we get shrunk and even our view of God can be shrunk. But church, we've got to have a different, different response. See, when I'm, when I'm down there, when I'm in the trenches, my vision is restricted as to what I can see. 
But there are times when I need to see the battle from a different point of view. We need to elevate our thinking to see the problem in view of how big our God is. You've got to see where God is. You've got to see it from where he is. You know, we talk about us being seated in heavenly places, and it sounds really nice. It says it in the Bible, but do we really see ourselves seated in that high place? Do we really know that God has got us? Do we really know that God's going to protect us? Do we really know that God has elevated us there with him and that we can see our problems differently? So, so often, though, I find even in my own life, I get so caught up in the battle that I forget. I've got to, go, I've got to see it from where God is. I've got to see it from his perspective. I've got to change the way that I'm standing. I've got to reposition myself to see that God's going to see me through it because you know what? Where he is, no one can rival him. Where he is, no one can battle him because you know what? He can overcome any situation. See, rather focusing on how big the enemy is, we need to magnify God instead. Sometimes we focus, oh, this is so bad, this is so difficult, but actually we need to say God like Moses. You know, we sang it today. You know, we look to you, Yahweh. Sometimes you've got to say, Yahweh, I look to you. This is going on down here, but, but God, I look to you. I magnify you instead. I'm going to make a decision to make you bigger than the situation. I'm going to see that you're going to see me through because you are bigger, God. You know, we know this, but we can easily forget it at times. Anyone with me on this? But we need to be reminded. You know, if you struggle with the perception of your problems, you need to understand this, that it's so important that you magnify God. And that's what Moses does the text doesn't say this, but you know, when he's lifting up his arms in the air, I'm sure he's praying to God. I'm sure he's praising God. I mean, there's nothing else you can do, really. I mean, he's stuck. He can't go anywhere. You know, you've got to praise God. Sometimes you've just got to lift up praise to God. You've got to praise him and say he's good. Even if the battle's happening below you, even if there's so much going on around you, you've got to keep praising God. You've got to start believing and actually having faith that when you magnify him, when you praise him, something is happening. Something is happening which you can't always see. You know, when we praise like we've just done here, when we give praise and worship, we're not just fitting into a schedule that AJ and Sarah have just done for us. We're not fitting into a schedule. What they're doing is they're facilitating. It's an opportunity for you to open your mouth and declare who God is. Whatever your situation is, no matter how bad it is, you're declaring that God is great still. That's what we do it for. Yeah, it does sound good. You know, we have amazing musicians. We have great, talented people. But actually, worship is, is for you and God. Worship is for you to express who he is and to know who he is. Is anyone with me on this? Am I speaking to some people today? Great. If you struggle with your perception, if you always are taking the low ground, if you're always allowing your problems to engulf you, I want to encourage you, learn how to praise God. Learn how to praise. You know, if you're not sure how to, I encourage you, it's all in here. This will tell you how to praise God. You know, someone will go, we need a manual for this. You got one. You got one. You got the best manual that's ever been made. The divine word of God. This is full of so much revelation, so much truth that will help you. You know, I want to encourage you, especially read the Psalms. The Psalms are amazing. The Psalms are just, just depict a great way of how the psalmist gets a revelation that even though his circumstances are difficult, he normally explains them. He or she will explain this to the circumstance. But then they start to remind themselves of who God is. They change their perception. And you know, in this difficult season that I've experienced recently, I've found so much faith because of reading the Psalms. You know, one, one morning recently, I woke up and I was just in a bit of a difficult place, struggling with everything that was going on. I woke up and I just felt so overwhelmed in the battle. I felt so battle weary. And then I just turned open the Bible to Psalm 118. This is what it says. It says, all the nations surrounded me, but in the name of the Lord, I cut them down. They surrounded me on every side, but in the name of the Lord, I cut them down. 
They swarmed around me like bees, but they were consumed as quickly as burning thorns. In the name of the Lord, I cut them down. I was pushed back and about to fall, but the Lord helped me. The Lord is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. Amen. Yeah, give God some praise. We need to give God praise for his word. Not, not for me, but for his word. There's a key occurrence there. You know, as I was reading through that, you know, and as I was in my difficult situation, I started to see things differently. Well, whilst everything was, was around me and against me, I started to see, actually, but God. There's a reoccurring there. The psalmist keeps saying, but, but, but in the name of the Lord, I cut them down. Now, I'm not saying I went outside to cut people down. Just, just hear me right here. That isn't the response we're looking for here. Um, but what we're looking for is a different perception. It's to see, actually, you know what, God, in your name, no matter what comes around me, I can get through it. You know, some of us, I believe there's a word here for someone today. You need to find your book, God. You need to find the book, God, in your situation. If you're someone who, who is often, you know, you feel traumatized by whatever happens and quickly you get anxious or overwhelmed, I want to encourage you, find your book, God. The situation looks bleak. It's terrible, it's horrible, yes. But God, you are faithful. But God, you will see me through. But God, but God, but God. Now you want to see from a different perspective. You've got to remember as well, God has a bigger picture than you do. He sees from a different place. And you need to declare that. He is your Lord of Lords and King of Kings. Do it on a regular basis. I, I say that often. I'll just say, Lord, you are Lord of Lord and King of Kings. And when I actually sit down and go, what have I just said? I've said, you know what, like it says in Colossians 2, that he is, he is the supreme one, that Jesus is, is the one who's supreme. He's the head of the church. It reminds me, God, there is no one above you. It gives me a perspective. I start taking the high ground. I start taking and seeing things from a different perspective. You see, you need a revelation of who the Lord is. You need a revelation that the Lord is your banner today and that his banner is gonna see you through, that the strength is in the banner. The strength is in the banner who is your Lord. It's in him. That's where you're gonna find your strength today. My second point is, and it might seem quite weird what I'm gonna say, but let me unpack it as well before you question what I say. God's banner may not avoid pain. When you lift up the banner of God, it still might be painful. Just wanted to put that out there. You're probably thinking, Jonathan, you've just talked to me about lifting up God, getting a different perception, now you're talking to me about pain. But I also want to talk to you about the reality of the battle as well, because it's good to be real. You know, practically, there was plain pain. The plan seems quite simple. Lift up your hands on the hill, Moses, and the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowers his hands, they suddenly start losing. You know, what an amazing situation Moses finds himself in. He's pretty stuck. He literally can't go nowhere. This is him. For, we're told, until sunset. I don't know about you, but his hands must have been absolutely killing him. It must have been absolutely excruciating, even to the point that he had Aaron and her come next to him and lift up his hands. Now, there's, there's a great picture there of uh, us being in the body of Christ, understanding that when we go through stuff, that we lift each other up in prayer, that we can lift each other up in prayer. I'm not going to impact that today, because you know what? That's a sermon in itself, 
about the idea of how God puts people around us to lift us up, but I still wanted to make the point that it's powerful imagery there. It's a powerful picture of us lifting each other, coming alongside each other in our battles, lifting each other up and making sure that we're there for one another. But today I'm gonna talk about the fact that sometimes the battle can be really painful. It can be really painful. It says that Moses lifted up his hands till sunset. And I think that that's in there for a reason. I think the Lord wanted you to know that it was a long time. He lifted up his hands for an incredibly long time. And also people were fighting below. You know, there was blood being shed. There was pain. You know, when we lift up God's banner, yes, it gives us a different perspective, but the battle can still hurt. It can still hurt. You can feel drained by the situation. It can make you feel tired and weary. It's uncomfortable. We know we need to lift up God, but sometimes it can feel like the situation is sapping out all the energy. That even lifting up your hands is just, an issue, is just so hard. Lifting up your hands to God can just be the hardest thing to try and do. And even though you know you need to lift up the banner, even though you know you need to hoist it up in the air and lift God up over your situation, sometimes the thought of it can just be too much because you're going through so much, because there's so much happening. Now it's painful in the different situations you may be facing today. The battle you may be facing could be really painful. It's painful when you're trying to get a job and the applications keep getting rejected. It's painful when you're grieving the loss of a loved one. It's painful when that relationship didn't work out the way you thought it would. It's painful when you're struggling financially and you know that very soon you need to find some money from somewhere. It's painful when you're dealing with the fear of intimidation on a daily basis. It's painful when you get a bad diagnosis from the doctor. It's painful when you see your family far away from the Lord, but you want them to know the Lord. It's painful when you feel like you're giving into temptation. It's painful if you're battling anxiety. It's painful if you're suffering with depression. You know, I'm gonna be honest with you because you're family and I can be open to, you know, I think it's good to be open because, you know, I love you guys actually. And I want you to know a little bit, but this last season that I've been in, this last couple of months, I never experienced pain like it. It has been difficult. It has been tough. It has sapped energy out of me. It has been hard. It has been so draining. But church, whatever the situation I'm learning, and I'm learning, I'm on a journey with this. No matter what situation you face, you've got to keep lifting up God. You've got to keep lifting up the banner of God, even if it hurts. Even when it hurts, even when it's painful, you've got to keep lifting up the name of Jesus. Why? Because he's in the high place. Because he's the name above every name. No matter what situation you're in, you've got to keep pushing through. Moses pushed through the pain. He pushed through. He found a way to keep lifting up his hands, even though he probably didn't feel like it. You know, sometimes we get caught up on our feelings so much, don't we? You know, how do you feel? How we feel changes it all. You know, sometimes we don't always feel like Praising God. Moses probably didn't feel like praising God after five hours or however long it was. He probably thought, you know, I don't feel like doing this anymore. This is just hurting me. I don't feel like it. But it's not about feeling. Sometimes it's about knowing. It's about knowing. It's not about how I feel, but do I know who my God is? If I reacted always based on my feelings, my relationship with God would change every day. Some days I wake up miserable. You don't know why, you know, then sometimes I can wake up just in a bad mood. Sometimes I can be in a difficult place and I don't always feel great. But it's not, my relationship with God is not based on my feelings, it's about knowing. It's knowing. I made a commitment to follow Jesus. And therefore I made a commitment to follow him no matter what. 
You know, I got married about five months ago, and I'm starting to learn on the journey of marriage that, this might sound weird, but hear me out on this, don't worry, I'm not saying that marriage is painful, in case you're wondering. <laughs> My wife's right in front as well, so I don't want to say too much, that would get me in trouble. That could be painful. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I'm learning on the journey that if I only loved my wife based on my feelings, I wouldn't be a very loving husband. But it's actually, it's not about my feelings towards my wife, it's about knowing. I made a commitment to her, for better, for worse, in sickness and in health. No matter what pain I go through, no matter what difficulty I go through, I gotta be active in loving. I gotta be active in doing that. I can't respond to God based on my feelings. It's not your feelings, it's knowing who God is. No matter what situation may come, and for that reason, even though I feel bad, even though the situation is difficult, even though it's hard, I will lift up my hands in worship. And I will praise God, and I will declare who he is, because I know that my God is almighty, and I know that I will get through it. It's about knowing, knowing that he's with me. Sometimes you can't always feel God with you, do you know what I mean? You know, sometimes it's not even about that, though. You know, sometimes you can feel God, and that's amazing. When you can feel God, brilliant. You know, that's amazing, and it happens often. But there are some times when you go through these difficult times, you can't always feel God. All you can feel is the pain. But it's not just about how I feel. You know, it's, the pain is difficult, yes. It's not easy. But I can't respond based on feelings only. I've got to know that he's with me. I know he's with me. That's enough. You know, when we hold on to God and when we pray through, when we praise through and pray to him, you know, when we do that, we're told that eventually the victory's gonna come. Whatever it is you're trying to overcome, you will overcome. You will get through it. We're told in this story that the Amalekites were defeated by Joshua, not because of their own strength, but because God saw them through. There's a link there between the lifting of the hands and the lowering. You know, when we praise God and we keep praising through, the victory's gonna come because something's happening in the spiritual. It's not all physical, but it's spiritual. And that's the hope that we hold on to. You know, I wanna say this as well. Someone needs to hear this. The pain's not always gonna be there. The pain's not always gonna be there. You will get through. You will get through. You know when it says, the Lord is my shepherd, Psalm 23, and it says, as I pass through the valley of darkness. As I pass through the valley. That's a promise there. You're gonna get through. Valleys of a passing through. Dry places of a passing through. You will get through. It doesn't say how long it's gonna be, but you will get through. There's a word for someone here. You're going to get through. You're going to get through. Remember this too as well. It's in our weak moments when we want to give up, but we don't, that when we keep lifting up God, that's when we see his supernatural strength come. See, the Israelites, they appear to be weak. You know, they're slaves, they've been set free, but they're vulnerable for attack. They've got no home. You know, these are, their history is slavery. They've not been trained in military from what I can read from the Bible. I'm only going by what the Bible says or doesn't say but they don't look like that they're very military equipped to deal with these Amalekites, but they overcome them because in our weaknesses, even when the odds are against us, God's supernatural power gets released. God's supernatural power gets revealed. 
You know, maybe today in your trial, God wants you to know that in your weakness or pain, as you keep trusting him, he's going to reveal your, his power to you. He's going to reveal his power to you. This is what it says in 2 Corinthians 12. Paul says these words. They're mind-blowing words and they're hard to accept, but I'm going to read them because they do encourage me even though they're hard to accept. Verses 7 to 10. Therefore, in order to keep me from being conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. Wow. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecution, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. I'm not going to try and unpack that for you. I'm not going to try and say I know where Paul is coming from. But one thing I do know is that Paul got a revelation from the Lord. Remember, it's not about, um, you know, the reasonable time. It's about revelation. Moses got a revelation that God was his banner. It was something that was revealed to him. It's about revelation. You know, this is what Paul found out, that his power, God's power is made perfect in weakness. It's not in your own strength, but in God. See, so often, like Paul, he said he pleaded with the Lord to take the thorn away from him, to take the difficult situation away from him. And so often in the battle, we say, God, just take me away from it. Take me out of it, please. Just take me away from it. I don't want to have to go through this. But the key isn't taking us out of it. The key is Christ in me. I get through it. The key is through his power. Through his power equipping me, I get through it. God makes us go through this because he wants to demonstrate a supernatural power within you. It's not always going to be about taking you away from it. God says, I will equip you through it. I will see you through it. Paul had a revelation. Moses had a revelation. And sometimes we need to stop looking for the reason and start looking for the revelation. Don't look for the reason, look for the revelation. You know, the last few weeks, sometimes I've just been asking myself, why am I going through what I've had to go through? Why, why God? Why am I here? Why is this happening? Why is this going on? You know, sometimes we need to get off why land. Seriously. It's okay to be real with God and go, God, why, you know, this is happening, but you can't stay there. You've got to remember that actually the reason isn't always the important thing. It's the revelation of what God wants to give you through it. There's something else that he wants to show you. You know, the Israelites kept asking Moses why. When you read through the account of the Israelites through the wilderness, they often asked him why. Look, this is what he says in verse 3 of our text. Why did you bring us up out of Egypt to make us and our children and livestock die of thirst? Now, God did provide for them, but I can only imagine that when the Amalekites came as well, they were kept asking why about you know, dying of thirst. I'm sure they asked the question why when the Amalekites came as well. It doesn't say it, but I pretty can, can pretty much confirm that they probably did. Because that's the way that they were. They were complaining. They were, they were faithless. That's why they never got to see the promised land that they were supposed to go to. Because actually, I think they questioned too much. And sometimes, you know, we need to get off why and say, God, what are you trying to reveal? What is going to come out of this? You know, in your pain, whatever it is you're going through, ask God, look, will you reveal more of your power? Would you give me more of your Holy Spirit, Lord, to get through this? Lord, give me a new, a new sense of your presence through this. Give me a new lease of faith through this. You know, sometimes we don't see it, we don't feel it, but actually God wants us to learn and re- he wants to reveal something through, it, through the situation so that our, his power can be demonstrated. Remember, it's about being, all glory being given to him at the end anyway. That his glory will be revealed. Help me to know you better through this. Help me to experience another portion of your supernatural strength. And as I close, can I fight the band up, please? Thank you. Finally, a bit more of a shorter point, but just to bring us in. Finally, God's banner leads to possessing the promise. 
You know, I, th I think it's interesting that uh, what God says is that, you know, write this down so that this is something to be remembered by at the end. And Moses built an altar and he says the Lord was his banner. And I think sometimes, you know, when, when you look at it, you go, well, why did he get Joshua? Why did, why did God say, Joshua, I want, you, I want you to remind Joshua of what happened here. I want him to remember this. And, you know, it doesn't say this in the text, and I don't want to say what's not there, but I'm just giving you my own opinion. But maybe God wanted Joshua to see that actually, when he would eventually take the promised land with the Israelites, when he would actually lead them, because remember, Moses didn't lead the Israelites to the promised land. It was Joshua who would take them through 40 years later on. But actually, Joshua would be equipped and go, you know what? Through that battle that I went through, I know that God is faithful. I know that God is my banner. I know that if I got through that one when I had to fight the Amalekites, when I come to taking the promised land, God's going to take me through that one as well. It's about taking new steps. So when we get in the battle, actually, God equips us for the next one and the next one. I'm not trying to scale and say you've got loads of battles ahead of you, but the reality is you probably are going to have some battles ahead of you but God will see you through the next one. And now ultimately, what does it lead to? It leads to possessing the promise. Remember, as I said earlier, God has got a different perspective. God has got a different picture and God will maybe say to you today, you know what, there's a bigger picture in hand. You can't see the promised land. In fact, it doesn't even mention the promised land there. But actually, God is saying, there's a bigger picture I'm working towards. Joshua, you're gonna take the promised land at some point. There's gonna be a time when you're gonna look back at this and go, I remember my God came through for me there. And actually what we go through, we start to realize that God wants to take us into the territory he always wanted us to go to. That like I said, we won't stay in that bad place, but actually God wants us to move into the places that he has ordained for us and already set apart for us. That we would take the ground that he's put there for us. And as I close today, I've covered a lot of things and there's a lot in that text. Uh, I just simply want to encourage you today that whatever your battle may be, start to believe that the Lord is your banner. Start to believe that he's the banner over your situation. Wherever you are today, I want to encourage you, start lifting up the banner of God because his banner is so much stronger. His banner is impenetrable. His banner will keep you safe. Yeah, you may go through pain, but overall you'll get through it. He's going to bring you through it. And if that's something that resonates with you today, you know, if you're in a situation or a battle and you go, you know what, I need to respond today. There's a response that I need to have. I want to encourage you right now, you know, with all people here, I'm standing here with you. If you want someone to stand with you, I'm already standing because I need to respond to this message. If you're in a battle today, I want you to stand and I want to pray for you. Thank you. Thank you. Some more people need to stand. Lord, we thank you that you are Jehovah Nissi, that you are Yahweh, my banner. We thank you, Lord, that in every situation you are faithful. Not because we feel it, but because we know it. We thank you that you're a faithful God. That in any situation we can lift up your banner. And today I thank you for my brothers and sisters who have responded to this message today. Who have had a glimpse, Lord, of hope today, Lord, because of you. And I say, Lord, whatever situation that is weighing them down, whatever may be trying to overwhelm them, whatever the battle may be, Lord, I pray, will we lift up your name today? Will today be the start of a new day? Lord, we lift up your name, we lift up your banner over whatever could be going on, whether it's financial, whether it's relational, whether it is just internal battle, whether it's in your mind, whether it's in your, our thinking, God. We just say we lift up the banner of God and we thank you that your banner is so much stronger. And we come, Lord, and we take comfort. We run for cover to you today. We come under your banner, Lord. We come to you as our rallying point and we say, Jesus, you are so much higher. We lift up your name over the situation. Lord, where there needs to be healings, I freak it now in the name of Jesus. Would healing come in Jesus' name? 
But where there needs to be a breakthrough or a deliverance, God, I speak the name of Jesus right now. Where there is an internal battle, we say, Jesus, would you come through for us? Because you are our banner. You are our stronghold. You are our safe place today. And we lift you up today in this place. Lord, also, will you strengthen us in the battle? Lord, when we feel like we're tired and we're going through pain and we're weary, Lord, will you strengthen us today with your supernatural strength? Strengthen us today, God. Give us a new lease of your Holy Spirit and let us see, God, that you're bringing us to your purpose. You're bringing us to the promised land that even though we can't see it right now, but God, you're gonna take us through this and that we're gonna enter into everything you have for us. So God, we lift up your name in this place. We thank you for your rule and your reign. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.